Hello, and welcome back to Glossy Trend Watch Streetwear Edition. I'm your host, Danny Parisi, a fashion reporter here at Glossy. For episode two, I'm joined by streetwear legend Will Whitney. Will was one of the original founders of the brand Nom de Guerre and currently manages U.S. brand relations for sneakers and stuff. We invited Will into the studio to discuss the changing sneaker retail industry, how the drop model has evolved and moved into the mainstream, and the inevitable burst of the hype bubble. Episode two of Glossy Trend Watch Streetwear Edition starts right now. All right, I'm here with Will Whitney. Will is the, uh, well, Will, what is exactly your title at Sneakers and Stuff? Um, we're kind of loose on titles, but yeah. my, t- my title is uh, Brand Relations US. Brand Relations US. Um, Will, if you don't know, he was the co-founder of Gnome de Guerre, which is a very influential streetwear brand from uh, early 2000s, mid 2000s? Early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. early 2000s. Um, you've been at Sneakers and Stuff for two years? Um, just over a year now. Oh, just over a year, got it. So for those of you listening, if you don't know what sneakers and stuff is, it's a boutique retailer uh, specializing in sneakers, but also streetwear, other kinds of apparel. Um, started in Stockholm, then has stores in Berlin, uh, Paris. London. London. New, New York City. Yeah, New York City is the, most, the newest one. Newest right? one, and yeah. Venice will be open next month. Ven- okay. Venice, California. Got it, got it. On the beach. Um so, Will, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you've been in what we might call the streetwear world for a little while. Um, from your early days at Nome de Guerre to now at Sneakers and Stuff, how do you think it has changed? Um, it's, it's changed quite a bit. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of labels on things, which the, the whole streetwear term, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these monikers, like, I personally don't like them, but I guess it's easy to identify when people put right. labels on them. Um, it's changed quite a bit. Uh, I don't think people, as many people were into it, mm. uh, the subculture of what I guess is called streetwear. Um, and now many more people are in, into it, which, you know, some, some changes caused from that when it comes to um, product drops, uh, availability. You used to be able to walk in, into a store and product would be just would be available to you because you wanted it because not everyone else wanted it. Now it seems that everybody wants the same thing and there's hundreds of thousands of people that want a specific jacket or shoes when there's only maybe 20,000 available or 25,000 available, even 150,000 available. It still becomes sometimes hard to get. Yeah, definitely. So. I mean, even in the early days, though, this sort of limited product availability was a common feature, right? But now, because it's more popular, there's more people buying it, the amount of product being sold has gone up, but the limited nature of it is still intact. Is that true? Uh, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, just what I've seen in the past many years uh, the most companies make most of their money from this limited product so Mm -hmm. the more limited product they can get the more money they're going to make um a lot of the inline product is just pretty fringe and there's some money made but a lot of that stuff ends up going on sale and sometimes that's where you make your money when the product becomes 30 percent off people then are willing to dive in and buy right um, so before we get into the meat of the conversation, can you just tell me how did you go from Gnome de Guerre to sneakers and stuff? How did you start with sneakers and stuff? You said uh, that they recruited you, right? Yeah. So um, prior to my my time at Gnome de Guerre, I used to work uh, at Stussy Shop on Wooster Street, and there that was my 
guess, entrance and recruitment into what everyone calls streetwear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met many people at Stussy, many, many people that I'm still friends with. I met um, my, one of my partners, Issa, at Nom de Guerre at Stussy. And beca- because of that, he brought me into the group that is now known as, as Nom de Guerre. Mm. From there, um, again, m- met many more people. I was, I was a retail guy. I mean, mm. the retail guy, you're, you're always on the floor, so you're face-to-face with the people that come into your shop. I just happened to be at some really good shops and met a lot of really good people. So from Nome de Guerre, um, I, I got recruited by Nike. Nike was opening a flagship retail door on Mercer Street. Uh, then from there, there to Cole Haan. Mm-hmm. And after doing a pretty fun, fun, good time job at Cole Haan, <laughs> we were sold by Nike and yeah. I kind of got caught up in new new owners and ended up leaving there mm. from there uh uh my friend brendan had left his um design job at supreme after mm. being there for so many years to do his own thing uh actually once again and uh asked if i was if i wanted to come on and i i went back to retail mm-hmm. and was that noah was that, uh, noah? that that yeah. was Noah. yes uh, with the, Brendan Babinson. With Brendan, I I I I met Ryan mm. actually, um, who got me here today through Brendan. Uh, but I was at Noah for for two years. Mm. Kind of missed footwear a bit. Um, we we d- we didn't do that much footwear at Noah the time I was there. They're, they're doing a little bit more now, it seems. Uh, and there I got reacquainted with. Uh, Peter and Eric from S&S mm-hmm. they would come to New York quite often for appointments and looking at real estate real estate for retail after many conversations and um, making sure I was leaving no on good terms because Brendan is a good friend of mine yeah. uh, I went to sneakers and stuff and I'm back in footwear world again which I'd been out for, been out of it for a while mm-hmm. and realized it's changed quite a bit since I my bet, days yeah. at Nike mm-hmm. Um, I made the adjustment uh, to what sneaker, sneakers and stuff has to offer as far as their sneaker drops, and it, we we have we have a good uh, a good a good way of getting the shoes to the public, mm-hmm. well the best best we can, right. getting shoes to the public without any problems of the lineup and fights and right. that sort of stuff. Well, so that's that's what I want to ask about next. Um, just for our listeners, I'm sure many of them are probably familiar with the idea of a drop. But can you just like briefly describe what? A drop is as it is used as the term is used in fashion well what it used to be it just used to be the the launch day mm-hmm. of any sp- specific product and people would come and buy and as these products became um, more desirable more and more people people started coming into the store and that I guess became an overwhelming thing so they would line up people outside until they could, could accommodate them in store and then the lines got really really ridiculous mm-hmm. And to the point where um, some people realized that, you know, since this stuff was worth money, that they had to make sure they got it. And sometimes making sure you get it means maybe a little bullying on the line. And sometimes that rubs someone else the wrong way and then an argument starts and then there could be altercations and confrontations. And that's what the brands don't like. That's what the retailers don't like. And that's why everyone... They do these things called draws or raffles mm-hmm. or lotteries, and you got to be very careful with using any of that terminology. Actually, yeah. 
Um, that it reminds me of that famous uh, Sports Illustrated cover. You remember the one that's like your sneakers are your life, and it's got yeah. the Jordans and like a gun on it or something. Yeah, yeah I mean that was a, I can imagine why the brands wouldn't want to be associated with stuff like that. Yeah, that was a little different back then. I don't think <laughs> people were buying those shoes to resell, so they're getting fights over the resell. I think they just wanted the shoes because they were. They just wanted them. They just wanted them, so they were taking them from other people to wear. Right. This is a little different. People want the shoes so they can resell them. For a lot of people, that's their that's their livelihood, believe it or not. That's yeah. what they do every day, and it's not just sneakers. It's anything that's valuable, cause art, artwork, furniture, mm-hmm. you know, any of that stuff. So why do you think that the drop business model has become such a huge part of streetwear, but also outside of streetwear, too? I, I, I just... I think the younger generation they've they've adapted and this is how they're used to buying me personally it's 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 not for me I I wouldn't really I mean I won't say I wouldn't wait online for anything if I showed up somewhere as something I wanted and there were like you know 10 people in front of me that's mm-hmm. fine a hundred people in front of me waiting for hours I that's that's not that's not my thing yeah but um there is a generation that's that's what they're used to, and that's how they shop. Um, you know, kind of queuing Complex Con. You go to Complex Con, just imagine, just imagine Supreme's line. Imagine about ten of those at the same time under one roof. Yeah. For you know, really good exclusive product, and if, you know, if you want it, that's what you'll do. You just make a day of it. I, I see the kids online. They have fun with it. They truly do. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's, but it, you know, it's not for me because it's not how I, I ever shop. So right. can't teach old dog new tricks. <laughs> yeah. So you alluded to this a little bit with the idea of raffles, but um, how? What are drops like now compared to what they were like a few years ago? Uh, do people still wait in line down the block hours and hours? Um, it it depends. It depends on what retailers are still willing to do that. I think the more experienced retailers are not letting people line up anymore mm-hmm. because of the altercations that come with that. And, and it's a shame. It, it, it could be peaceful. It used to be very peaceful and it used to be cool. Like kids would hang out. They would have, you know, food for each other, looking out for each other, you know, fool around. But I guess everyone didn't then become friends on the line yeah. and that's you know i mean everyone's there for the same thing you'd think that they'd get along but it became a competition mm-hmm. so if you got there too late and you saw 100 people in front of you you're like oh man i might not get a pair of shoes if they only have 80 pairs which which is now a new issue but i don't want to get ahead <laughs> um the, the raffle system kind of avoids that mm-hmm. can you explain what the raffle system is I just know how we do it. I can't really speak. Yeah, for, no, speak, speak, speak to for SNS, everyone. Yeah. Um, people can sign up on our on our site. Mm-hmm. Um, they can put in all their information. Um, we have a very intricate system that that kind of weeds out a lot of the bots, so we make sure we're getting real humans that are trying to get the shoes. And um, it, it goes to the third party for the names get drawn, and we get the winners, and the winners are contacted via email, and they come, and and depending on on the shoe and the quantity, they come and wait online for a guaranteed chance to buy a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. They actually don't. They're actually not winning the shoes. They're right. just winning the opportunity to buy the shoes. They're winning the guaranteed spot, like a guaranteed pair of shoes saved for them to buy. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, how many drops do you do a week? 
Depends. Mm. Depends. We've we've done five in a week. We've done maybe seven in a week, and then sometimes there no there aren't any weeks where there's a true, um, a true raffle. Are you talking about raffles or just like just in general? I mean, looking at your calendar, it looks like you have some new product every single day, even if it's not like some crazy hype thing. There's at least three or four shoes dropped a day mm-hmm. within our within our business specifically through all the brands. Yeah. yeah. How often do you get something that's really hyped that gets a lot of people and you do a whole raffle around it and everything? Um, late, every week? Lately, lately it's been at least every week. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's a discussion. All the cities are different. SNS, we're global. So different product is you know, is grailed in different parts of the world. Right. Jordan does really well in New York City. Um, so we, we we always have to do a draw in, in NYC where we might not have to do a draw in Berlin. The product's still wanted in Berlin, but it, it won't be as crazy in, in Berlin. So Berlin, you can just release it like normal and just put it out. Yeah, yeah, usually. And they'll come in, it'll still sell out, mm. but it's it's not it's not... 400 people in front of the store trying to get it. Right. Um, do you think that there is a potential saturation point with drops? I was talking to some people in the resale world recently about how, like, if there's a hyped, like, a really hyped sneaker coming out every week, is that is there enough people buying those sneakers to sustain that quantity of sneakers? The, there, that, there's definitely a bubble that's going to burst at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, when? I'm, I'm really not sure and how... How that goes down, I'm really not sure. I do, I kind of do see the anti people out there that don't want the hype shoe anymore. They they're mm-hmm. trying to be a, a lot more minimal, and you know, and sometimes a lot of these minimal, you know, minimalistic shoes that are out there that people want end up becoming not hype but more desirable. And that's stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the fringe stuff that I was talking about earlier that, that people come in and buy and sells out. Right. Um, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned earlier uh, in, when you said you have an intricate system to weed out bots. Um, what exactly do you mean by bots or like sneaker bots? Um, people could buy, could, could pay to get a guaranteed spot uh, or, or try to get a guaranteed spot in the raffle and it works a lot quicker than, than the human pressing a bunch of buttons trying to get one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that techie i've never used no, one so, okay. I'm, so i'm not really really sure how it goes down but the you know, there's a lot of bots for supreme stuff and yeah. uh, other other drops i think everyone's trying to figure out how to get around that mm-hmm. i I, ju- I just know what we do and how we get around it yeah i mean just anecdotally i've seen on a lot of like forums or sneaker subreddits people are always complaining about bots snapping up you know every product before it even before anyone else has a chance. Yeah, our, our system has uh, a bunch of thresholds that that you have to get through to prove that that you're human. And if certain, even if you are human, certain things don't match up. It looks like you're trying to get over. You, mm-hmm. it'll it'll put you out of the raffle yeah. or, or the draw. Yeah. Could you could you tell me a bit more about the raffle process from the back end? Like, obviously, I know you're not the, like working on the tech side but when you're preparing for a sneaker or a drop that you know is going to be huge like what are some of the preparations you make in the store and online to to prepare for it well we just in store we just make sure the shoes are readily available in mm. in a in the easiest place to access and they're we know they're going to go out immediately so we have a certain section that's set aside in the shop 
um, when we get the names, it's just post-its on a box with a, with a name and size mm-hmm. al- along with the list. And there's, there's a two-part check as far as ID. You have to bring your ID to pick up the shoes. We have security that checks your ID to make sure it's valid. And then you talk to one of our associates that checks your ID again. And they both check you off to get your shoes and you're marked as picked up and you're good to go. Um, do you have any sense of how much of your business comes from these day one limited, like super hyped drops and how much of it is just from everyday purchases and normal products? Um, I don't know how much of that information my bosses mm-hmm. like me to disclose, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I can speak for most of the uh, most of the boutique retailers out there that most of the revenue from their footwear comes from high-priced, big-quantity items. I mean, not big-quantity, but um, most desirable items. It also depends on how much how much quantity you're getting. Uh, and in reference to that, that's so we're we're also realizing and trying to t- talk to the brands and tell the brands that we need more of this product. Right. So some of the data that we get when we do the draws is we'll get. And I'm just throwing numbers out there. If sure. we get if we get a hundred thousand people that sign up for a draw and there's only a hundred pairs of shoes, you know that's a lot of people that are not being serviced. Right. I come from the service industry in retail, and that's that's kind of how I got to where I am now because I'm the nice guy in retail. I hate when people don't get what they need or what they want. So when that many people aren't getting shoes, you know, it's, yeah, a lot of people are used to it, but after a while, you know, they, they probably get defeated. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, it seems like you have to balance between having some level of availability that people don't just give up and, stop shopping with you or stop buying sneakers but at the same time i understand why a lot of brands want to keep things very exclusive and and very hyped like i remember seeing when yeezy said that they were going to like produce like way more of uh, the 700s the mauves that just came out a couple months ago then it just would it didn't sell nearly as well i think it's partially because didn't they produced a lot of didn't them. sell in one day Near, well, yeah. nearly as well. Yeah, but they did. They did still move over time, right, which is right. which is very good example. Didn't sell well for their expectations. Yeah, yeah. Usually used to be a, a one day only mm-hmm. um, purchase or or draw pickup, mm-hmm. and that that kind of changed when that first drop where they 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 weren't sold out in a day. Mm-hmm. So. I guess Adi had to adjust to that, but they still sell out. Right. But at the same time, I, I get what you're saying about when people go to a store looking to get something and they don't get it, that's not a fun interaction. That's not a fun uh, like way for them to engage with both the brands and with the retailers. Yeah. So. Especially if you're someone that's not really in a know. I mean, I got a text message from my little brother uh, just a few days ago, and there were some, you know, for the off, he saw these off white nineties were out yeah. and about, and he's like, he's like, do you have these in your shop? And I was like, yes and no. <laughs> I, I, we're selling them at sneakers and stuff uh, via our, our online raffle, but we do not have them available to anyone outside of the right. raffle. And I had to get on the phone with him and call him and let him know exactly what I was talking about because he had no idea what I was right. talking about. He's he's not like into fashion or anything? No, he's not. When we first opened our store in, in NYC, we fielded a lot of phone calls of people that weren't familiar with with the draw. I, I, I'd rather call it a draw than raffle a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, and we were kind of 
educate them on how it works and how we do it. Um, and that most of the other stores um, do it a similar way as well. So, it's, yeah, it's been a bit of education. I think everyone is almost on board now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Do you think that's a bit of a growing pain for sneaker and streetwear in general? Is like, as this gets more popular, you get all these people coming in who want to buy these things. They want to engage with the, the streetwear world, but there are certain mechanisms of how it's set up are kind of inherently pushing people away. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. A bit. But the draw still brings the people for us to bring them in store to pick up and that's where we try to try to capture the, the customer service part mm. of it um uh, we take you know we take photos people like to show up on the internet sometimes right. so they're always willing to take photos when they pick up and the smiles are just as big <laughs> you mentioned this a little bit when you said that you were talking to brands telling them that you need more product what's your relationship like with the various brands like i don't know how much interaction do you have with them how much can you influence them how much do they influence you um, so sneakers and stuff, they're a European company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're all set in Europe. Coming to, coming to the U.S., it's, it's kind of almost starting from scratch because mm-hmm. you're on a new continent, starting with um, new people in the business, new wings of the business. So we're, we're a year in, just over a year in, we're, we're our relationships are, are, are def, definitely getting better and well, well, well established. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, have you noticed the idea of a super limited product drop becoming more common outside of sneakers or streetwear? Totally. Yeah. Totally, and that's and that's kind of where you see the chaos ensue because mm-hmm. they're not familiar. They feel like it'll be fine. They'll have some people waiting out, and they haven't been keeping tabs on the hype that they've created for themselves. Mm-hmm. And when they show up to work that morning, about four, three, four hundred <laughs> people in front of their shop. Yeah, get, and they've get, got nowhere near enough product n- for all them. Not enough product and not enough management of of their line. Uh, that, that's when you see a bit of, a bit of chaos. I'm trying to think of a, of an example. There was a drop, I don't know, oh, there was an off-white drop in Milan footwear, Nike footwear, and I guess they haven't, maybe they haven't dropped it in Milan before, but there's people climbing like the sides of the store to get around the corner to get to right. the front of the line. Um, I guess the same, it's the same thing with art or, I'm trying to think of an example where I saw people do there's artists, uh, music artists that do pop-ups. Mm-hmm. Like Justin Timberlake did his, did his little his little pop-up with a Nike shoe, and I don't think they were ready for the chaos that 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 they were yeah. getting. Yeah, it, it can be like playing with fire a little bit. Like I, I understand the appeal of wanting to capture. Like you see all the people lining up outside Supreme. I understand why a brand would be like, I want that. But if you're not prepared for it, I feel like it can really backfire. Supreme has it dialed though. Yeah. They have it dialed, and and they didn't have it dialed overnight. It, they, mm-hmm. it took work and experience, and you know adjustment. And they they have it dialed. They have a it looks like a huge team, size wise, physically, and just amount of manpower, and it works very well for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever had anything like that at sneakers and stuff since you started there? Uh, no. Yeah, it seems no. like you guys had a handle on it. It's from- been it's been pretty smooth. 
Mm. When uh, I had my time at Nike, though, that's where I kind of can see how things can get out of hand. Mm. And and I felt I had a good good handle on my consumer, consumer and consumers. But uh, one day got a got a got a little sticky, and that's the mm. first time I did my own draw using post-its and <laughs> made a lot of my customers mad. I still see them in the streets t- to this day. <laughs> They're like, well, I still like you, but you made me really mad that day. Yeah. Um, so do people, I imagine people still go to sneakers and stuff just to shop just normally though, right? It's oh, like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It, 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 the atmosphere there is great. Store looks great. We still have a lot of good, good inline product because mm-hmm. you can't just wear hype product all the time of course yeah. there are a lot of people that's all they want to wear and that's all they try to wear there's still a lot of good product that comes out so they, they come by like like anyone else i i think the art of going out on a saturday and still going around the stores and and you know do your shopping rounds on a saturday or a friday afternoon or a sunday after brunch is still it's still a thing i don't think that'll go away for a long time it's just it's something to do and you look around and that's when you make that pickup that you didn't expect have some money in your pocket mm-hmm. you know some, some extra bucks to spend oh there's a t-shirt out that uh, I've I've been looking for I didn't know it was still available I'll buy it yeah. or something like that um, alright well one final question for you can you tell us and can you tell the listeners at home what sneakers are you wearing right now oh I kept it kept it classic I kept it I kept it classic and clean I'm old though what are they I have on some uh, Air Force Ones Dover Street Market Air Force Ones white that came out uh, about a month ago they look extremely clean yeah Yeah. All right. well thank you so much for being on (laughs) it's been a pleasure thank you that's all for this episode of Glossy Trend Watch a special thanks to Gianna Cappadona the producer of this podcast We'll be back next Friday with episode three with StockX's Josh Luber to discuss streetwear resale and the convergence of the primary and secondary markets. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and review the Glossy Podcast and follow us on social media at Glossy Co. to keep up with the latest news in fashion and beauty. We'll talk to you next week.